Welcome back, Bannock folks. You're watching another episode of Bannock Dotes, a podcast that holds it down for the underground sound here in Ontario, Canada. Now, if you're new to the show, what we do is we bring people from the music scene, whether they're promoters, musicians themselves, photographers, anyone involved in that, get them on the show and get them to tell some of the wildest stories they have from working with bands, being in bands, because everyone knows some of the funniest people out there are musicians and uh, they've got the funny stories and they spend so much time together that they become a family and they have those family moments or inside jokes. And uh, this is a show where we air it all out and we, we get down to the bottom of the stories. And I'm your host, Phil Paxson. Thank you for joining me today. Now, if you haven't already, give this video a like, leave a comment down below. And if you aren't already, subscribe to the channel. We've got lots of cool content on there, lots of cool interviews that we've done in the past. And if you aren't, follow us on Instagram. That's at Banecdotes, B-A-N-D-E-C-D-O-T-E-S. It's where we do all our updates, clips. We post about who's coming up on the show. And uh, Banecdotes also likes to put on shows here left and right. And uh, that's where we like to promote our shows as well. So uh, follow us there for all the good content. All right. I got a good episode for you today. But before we get into that, let's get into shows. Local Ontario shows. That's right. We got lots of cool shows happening in Ontario. And I'm here to tell you all about the cool stuff that's coming up. Right on. Tomorrow in Toronto at the Hard Luck, talk show host, Teenage Halloween, Wordplay, and Pseudo are playing at the Hard Luck. This Friday in Hamilton at the Doors Pub, we have Hostage, Juggernaut, Rust, and Scabs Off. And Rust, they're doing a really cool thing where if you come out a little bit early, show some support, you could be in their music video. And uh, yeah, anybody could come out. There's no, there's no casting call or anything like that. If you want to be in a music video, if you want to show your cool moshing moves or whatever, go out, show them support. Those folks are hardworking people. And uh, yeah, it's always a good time. If you haven't done something like that before, uh, it's it's a good time. I've done something stupid like that in my past. Go check out, uh, through these words, James Reddy music video. I think I'm somewhere in there. <laughs> All right, moving along, moving along. Saturday, May 21st in St. Catharines at the Warehouse. We have Belvedere with The Last Gang and The Holdouts. Tuesday, May 24th in Waterloo at Maxwell's, we have Short Fiction, Blissfields, Eddie Evie, and The Dead Friend Collective. Adam and the Metalhawks are doing a couple shows with our folks in Revive the Rose. May 27th in Toronto, they're going to be at the Sneaky D's. May 28th in Ottawa, they're going to be at Brass Monkey. And May 29th in Barrie, they're at the Queen's. Friday, May 27th in Brampton, however, at Spot One Grill and Music Hall, we have Millspect, Mile End, Cohesion, Bar Down, and Gavel. That's going to be a killer show. Definitely go get your tickets for that. If you like hardcore in any capacity, you should definitely be going out to that show. Saturday, May 28th, Niagara Metal presents Swap and Drop Dead, five-year anniversary with Fanadix, Blood Opera, The House of Haunts, and The Electric Dead, and that's at Camp Cataract. And a couple months from now, September 9th and 10th, in Mississauga at the Hansa House, Damage Control and Soulless Music Promotions presents Hold Your Ground Fest 22, with Never Ending Game, Mind Forced, Pain of Truth, 
dare, momentum, gridiron, cohesion, cold shoulder, end game, mile ends, many more. Go get your tickets at holdyourgroundfest.com. And I've been told that there's a low ticket count. So make sure you scoop them quick because maybe in a month or so you might not be able to. And uh, let me tell you this, this festival is going to really impact that Ontario hardcore that you know, you see myself and a lot of other peers in the scene talking about, you know, build this thing up because uh, like I always say, and I've always said on the show, a rising tide floats all boats. All right, folks, I know why you're here. We have a very special guest for you today, and I'm super excited that he came on the show. We're talking about the man, the myth, the legend himself, Justin Hardcore Warrior Weaver. Now, if you're not familiar with uh, Hardcore Warrior, he uh, is a hardworking individual, has been working hard for the last 20 years or so. Started off as a one-man band, you know, solo project where he would just go up there and scream his heart out and work really hard at these songs and uh, did everything he could to try and get his name out there. It was uh, not uncommon to see him at every show back in the day. I even asked him how many shows he was going out to because, like, my friends and I had, like, uh, like a... Like a joke that we would say that like there were multiple hardcore warriors because there was some, like an army of them because they would go to every show. I swear one buddy of mine said he was at one show in Burlington and came back to St. Catharines and said he saw a hardcore warrior at both shows. I'm not entirely sure if that's true, but I'm just telling you. He had a huge impact on the Niagara music scene, and I, I know that you probably are familiar with him, but I'm just letting the people who aren't necessarily familiar with Justin. He is amazing we had such a good time justin if you're watching thank you for coming on the show we had such a good time together uh we had like he's just such a ball of energy and 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 we 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 get to the bottom of things all the stuff that you think you know about him we get all to it and so uh yeah buckle up grab yourself a drink and uh let's get into this uh certainly uh i think we're uh all aware that uh, uh, a, a Prime Minister uh, showing up in Fort McMurray when firefighters are busy trying to uh, uh, contain a...
Welcome back, Bannock folks. You're watching another episode of Bannock Dotes Podcast. Holds it down for the underground sound. My t-shirt of this week is Single Wound. They're like a metalcore uh, act from uh, Toronto. And my guest this week is none other than Justin Hardcore Warrior Weaver. How you doing, buddy? I am doing fantastic. This is your uh, camera right here? Yep. This is our camera right here in the corner. She's got us both. Yeah, How yeah. you doing, buddy? It's been uh, it's been a minute. I mean, I saw you last weekend at the Foolproof show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I remember you ripping it up on stage with red coat, and that was just so bomb. Like that entire show was fucking fantastic. I had never had so much fun in the last few years because of COVID, right? Was, so was that the first concert you had been to since the pandemic? Uh, I went to see the wake, uh, the Electric Dead play with the Wake uh, and Halloween around and hel- yeah. on Halloween. But you know, I had to run home uh, during the Electric Dead because of a family emergency. Oh so. boy, sorry to hear about that. It happened. So, but at the same time, you know, I still enjoyed the shows. But it's harder for me to get out knowing I got things going on at home. And yeah. So that's why I always try to make the most of whatever shows I go to these days, you know, like really absorb all that, really get into that feel like I did like many years ago when I first started going to shows. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, tell the listeners and viewers a bit about yourself uh, in the context of the music scene. Okay. yeah, yeah. Well, my name is Justin Weaver, as Phil Paxson said. Very good friend of mine. I've known him for years since your first band, Despite This Flesh, I want to say, was your first band. Uh, You probably even remember me from The Last Plague. Yeah, The Last Plague. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. Because I do remember Despite The Flesh, The Last mm-hmm. Plague, those days. Yep. I, I may have played a show with you uh, a time or two, actually, during those days. Quite enough. Anyway, sorry to go off topic, and I'm supposed to tell people a bit about myself. <laughs> I'm talking about my boy here. Uh, <laughs> anyways. <clears throat> I am uh, 35 years old. I've been a musician now for almost 20 years. Damn. A long time. You know, I started p- playing guitar when I was, uh, you know, 16 years old. And then all of a sudden, I kind of just rushed into doing Hardcore Warrior just out of nowhere. I just wanted to do something fun and something simple. So, you know, just something that's pure from my heart. And then, and then you, uh, you know, years after that, you got together with your brother, and, exactly. now, and now you're doing Synergy of the Fallen. It's, yep, now we're doing Synergy of the Fallen, dude. That's great. Yeah. So how long has Synergy of the Fallen been a band for? Uh, we've been a band since 2013, so we're going almost 10, 10 years, actually. All, like next oh, wow. year, our 10-year anniversary. Shit. So thinking about that, me and my brother really got to step up our game and find <laughs> ourselves that permanent drummer we've been dying for the last few years, because... Our friend Jay Falagari from Well and Wasted left the band in 2018 because, you know, he had his reasons to leave because, you know, commitment issues and sure. all that. It happens, and I totally understand and support mm-hmm. him 100%. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, thank him because if it wasn't for him, we definitely wouldn't have ha- like found our sound that we were looking for. You guys put an EP out, was it last year or the year before that? Uh, it was actually in 2020. We recorded it at uh, Eddie Lucas Studios. Yeah. With uh, Davis with Maxwell, Davis. yeah, Davis Maxwell played drums for us on <laughs> yeah, that, he and he did in a phenomenal job in all four tracks. And we literally only had an hour to rehearse those songs before we just jumped right into it. Yeah, yeah, and I he, love it. Yeah, the fact that he is a phenomenal drummer, he could pick up on things like that. I'm like, it was just crazy working with a studio drummer because I've never had to do that before, but it was so worth it. Have you seen him perform with Last Wretch? Uh, yep. They're really good. Oh yeah, yeah. They, he plays a. They play a good time. So yeah, you've been like you said, you've been in uh, the music scene for quite a while now. Uh, like you said, like you started out as Hardcore Warrior uh, mainly. Where did that name come from? Uh, honestly, I was just writing down like a bunch of songs in class. You know, just doing normally boring high school shit. You know, teacher would be talking about something. I'm sitting there writing my music down, thinking about like 
my head in the clouds kind of thing, just doing my own stuff. And I'm like, I really need a name for this heavy, hardcore project. And I need to have that hook that... And at the time, I, I was thinking about wrestling a lot. And I'm like, Hardcore Warrior? And then all of a sudden, this that first name that popped in my mind was Hardcore Warrior. And I just stuck with it. Yeah. Because it kind of reminded me of the Ultimate Warrior, that extreme in-your-face-like mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It... And it suited my personality so much more back then. Because back then, I was so full of fire at every show. Like, even before my band, you know, basically, if I was opening a show... I'd give all my energy out on stage and I'd still somehow have enough left to rock out and have some fun with the other bands that would be playing after me. Yeah, so you, you just kind of uh, brought it up, but, like, if you were at fucking every show back in the day, man, like, so, like, it wasn't uncommon to see you up at the front fucking headbanging right along to the band. Didn't matter what band it was. You were there. Yep. You were rocking out. And, uh, I mean, you're a local staple of the Niagara music scene. Like, everybody knows that. Yep. Um, how, it's, it's, how did, how did you, how many shows did you go to in a month, approximately, back, back in, like, say, like, 2004 and 2005? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would honestly be at, like, around four to five shows a month. A month, eh? Yeah, usually four to five shows a month, which is quite a bit for a youngin' (laughs) back then, especially, you know... In fact, then it was cheaper to get into shows and stuff. Like, it was great. And so, I was always having a good time supporting and watching all these new bands come up and uh, do their thing. Wow. So, I want everyone to realize how many shows that actually is. That's roughly about 50 shows a year. That's a lot of fucking shows. That's more shows than people play, especially around this area. <laughs> oh, yeah. For so, sure. like, you are definitely a dedicated individual. You supported the music scene through and through. I can always count on you being on a show. It yep. was just like, it was. So cool to always see this. Wow. Fucking, uh, yeah. Approximately three to four shows. I couldn't do it alone because I had a lot of help during those days. Like, I had outside promoters helping me get my name in the door, get my foot in the door. Like, you know, Pat Murphy, great, solid dude. Worked with them for many, many years. And he taught me pretty much a lot of the ins and outs of the industry, as well as Joel Carrier. He's helped, he's tossed me a bone by getting me into Scene Fest. And same with Jen Anderson, Stumble, all those guys. You know, I am grateful 100%. To anyone who has helped me uh, pursue my goals and make everything happen, even when uh, I didn't really want to believe myself some days, it was great knowing I had support. Ah, that's lovely to hear. I love that, and and I want everyone to hear know that's watching that that when you do say those kind of things, like it, you are resonating with people. That's awesome. That's great. Um, so, uh, how did you get into like heavy music growing up? Like, what what was like that spark uh, before you even had the idea of starting Hardcore Warrior? Honestly, I've been listening to music since I was like literally a baby because my dad would always have music blasting from his high twin tower stereo setup that he had. <laughs> what 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 bands? Uh, anything like uh, from Joan Jett and the Blackhearts to the Ramones, Led Zeppelin, the Rolling Stones, Canned Heat. Nice. Yeah. He, nice. Yeah, he was a real rocker, and there was always music playing. And I remember my. Uh, First heavy metal uh, CD I got was Metallica, the Reload album. Nice. I cranked it up. I had fuel on repeat so much that I pretty much bore that track out. It couldn't play anymore. <laughs> but that's how you do it when you're into a song, you yeah, know? Yeah, absolutely. And what, what, sorry, I know you mentioned it earlier. What, what age did you get your first guitar at? I got my first guitar when I was 16 years old. Yeah. It was a uh, Quest Attack 2. It was like a Japanese model of some sort pretty beat up like you couldn't really play a lot of the lower scale frets to do a really good solo but you know it still held up pretty good i'm i was definitely happy to play that when i first started as hardcore warrior before i picked up the uh 
my guitar that I use mostly all the time at all my shows, the uh, ESP Explorer, that black, <laughs> yeah. really wet, badass-looking yeah. one. The reason why I wanted that one is because I loved a lot of bands like Pantera, Megadeth, Slayer, like all those bands grew up, and they always had these badass-looking guitars, and I was like, fuck, I really want that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I just... And it's great for me to run around with on stage because it doesn't take up too much room. Because anyone who's seen me at a show knows one thing. I don't stand still for no one. <laughs> not even when I'm screaming into the mic. My legs and my hips are always moving. That's right. Even when I didn't have a drummer, I still I was just like stomping Tom Connors in those days. Just <laughs> keep your beat moving yourself. And you and you and you mentioned earlier that you, you played Scene Fest. I actually played Scene Fest. In 2006, 2007, 2008, and 2009. Holy so four shit. years in a row. Oh my God, that's more than I've ever played it. Yeah. Wow. That was crazy and like... Consecutive. Yep. And the, the craziest thing was, Scene Fest 2009, my set time was around the same time as every time I die in Mariana's <laughs> Trench. Yep. So even though I had that show got rained out for those bands, unfortunately... I still remember everyone piled into 73 that day, literally just to see my set. And I'm like, that was awesome. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. That was a good moment for you, eh, buddy? Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, sometimes your luck strikes out. Like, I didn't expect my first time playing Scene Fest 2006 to have Red Square packed to the tits at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And here I am, nervous as shit. Everybody was there. I know you were there, Phil. And everybody was there. I... Definitely loved it. It was great. And for those who don't know, because, you know, you and I are a bit older, uh, Red Square was a communist bar in the basement of Mate, um, downtown St. Catharines, which is not a thing anymore. Yeah, unfortunately, Red Square parted. I think they lost the bar, I think, in, or Paul sold the bar, I think, of like, what was it, 2007? I can't remember. No clue. Yeah. It was a good venue, though. I liked it that It was place. a good venue, especially but for bands that wanted to start out. Mm-hmm. And especially for DIY promoters who have little next to nothing because it was cheap to rent out the venue. And as long as you made the bar money, which made them happy, they would be more inclined to do business. Because as a lot of venue owners know, it is not easy running a venue these days. Especially with the amount of liquor costs, the liquor licenses, all that loopholes that you got to go through. It's it's hard, but it's worth it. So. Yeah, well, and, and nowadays with the pandemics, right? Can Are venues still even existing? They're, they're keeping a hard time staying afloat, right? Exactly. So, like, I'm uh, so blessed that the warehouse hasn't given up despite their setbacks. Yeah, we had Eric on the show, and he kind of described himself why and how he managed uh, to make it work. And now that they're doing shows there, I think uh, I think we'll be seeing more and more shows happening. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. That, and I definitely can't wait for Synergy to fall and to jump on one of those shows because that's when we plan on coming back because we definitely want to play the warehouse again. Is that some of your plans for this year is like you want to get back playing more of the shows yeah exactly like we've just been you know lackluster on doing so because of our struggles and not having a drummer between after Feligari left we were trying to get drummers and sometimes we have people play but then they're not interested or whatever the case may be it's just it's frustrating but at the same time my brother and I just refuse to give up because we both believe in it so much That's even right. as we get older and we have our own personal priorities aside we just say let's just squeeze in some time to do it because we loved it and we've been doing it for so long it'd be crazy to give it up you did a live stream right <clears throat> yeah we did a live stream at the upper space back in uh, 2020 with uh Christy Hills as a uh, little space that uh, she created with uh, a good friend of ours that's no longer here, Paul Wheeler, who unfortunately passed away last week to cancer. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. I'm so sorry. Yeah. That was definitely not a good week, but it happens, unfortunately. You know, 
it's hard to see a lot of our musicians aren't aren't doing as good health wise as they should be. But you know, we all just got to keep pushing forward and keep fighting back. Well, that's the thing about musicians, and I know people do talk about it fairly often. But uh, you know, it's 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 fairly discouraging to be a local musician. Uh, uh, it's hard to get your music out. It's hard to for someone to come out to a show. Uh, you know, back in the day when we were going to shows, all we, you had to do was just say, "Hey, buddy, you want to go to a show?" Like I would yeah. honestly always reach out, even when I went to shows by myself, Phil. I still remember I wouldn't always feel alone. As soon as I got in those doors, I literally have swarms of people coming up to me and talking to me Love sometimes that. in all directions. I'm yeah. like, all right, cool. Yeah, <laughs> it just goes to show you that, that that local music community is, in fact, a community. And, uh, you know, it's, not only do you benefit from the music, you can benefit from the social side of it. Exactly, because you know what? You never know who you're talking to because, you know, I have no idea some of the musicians and the uh, managers I've spoken to were connected to some high-powered bands and things like that. Like, yeah. And sometimes that's how you end up on the bigger shows because it's not what you know, it's who you know, unfortunately. In some cases. But at the same time, that's, like I said, just because you know a lot of people doesn't mean you can always get your way. And that's where some people I've noticed have become self-entitled. And I kind of just shy away from that because I prefer to keep it real and knowing that I'm true to what I do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so have there been any other bands in Ontario that have caught your attention within the last you know, couple of years? Uh, anything that you've really been jamming lately? Actually, I've really been digging Doghouse Rose from Toronto. Really awesome psychobilly rock. Like, what country. was it? Yeah. Dog, Doghouse Rose? Yeah, Doghouse Rose. Uh, they're a really wicked band from Toronto. They got, they're signed to Stomp Records right now. Cool. Got a full-length album out called Heart They Fall. Really good band. Check them out. Psychobilly, you said? Yeah, yeah, basically Psychobilly, yep. Mixed with a heavy influence of punk in there as well. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love when someone comes on the show and tells me a band that I haven't heard of before because I immediately go check them out. Oh, yeah. Stomp Records has got some really cool punk bands going on. Oh, yeah, for sure. They got like a mega storm. Like they signed the Creep Show, which I actually did play with the Creep Show a couple times. And they're a band that's not exactly heavy music, but that didn't stop me from playing with other bands. Yeah, you, you had a good time. Exactly. I always play with different bands, punk rock bands, psychobilly bands, heavy metal. I didn't care. I was just out to have a good time. <laughs> and, that's, and that also helped me diversify my fan base because I'd pick up some people and be like, sure. Oh. You know? Yeah, you're playing in this kind of show and you're playing yep. that kind of show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So do you remember the first show you ever played as Hardcore Warrior? Actually, yes, I do. Uh, I remember setting up my uh, very first show at Red Square Nightclub, and I wanted to bring in a mega stardom of really good up-and-coming uh, local bands. And What year? This, uh, two, this was in 2005 of February. Oh, lovely, yeah. Yeah, so basically, like I said, I was still in high school, 17 years old at the time. I didn't really know a lot about booking shows, but my friends Jerry Whalen and Kyle Sharapita from uh, the Firewall. Oh, group. yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> really nice dudes. They helped me get my foot in the door, and... They helped me set it up, I, and uh, it was Murder Thy Maker, Two Knives, uh, Jaden, Get Loose, and uh, Condition from New York City. Damn! Yeah, and that was like a stacked lineup, and here I am, nervous as heck, because <laughs> I've never performed in front of a crowd before, but my friend Anthony Albanese from Jaden and Get Loose plugged me into his amp, because I didn't really have a good-sized amp to be comfortable playing in front of a live crowd, but... You know, it happens. <laughs> so, like I said, I was young. I just wanted to play. I didn't give a damn. Yeah, yeah, that's that's super cool. Yeah. So, you used to backyard wrestle. Yep, actually I did, yep. Under the same name, Hardcore Warrior. Yep, I did that from, jeez, uh, I first started backyard wrestling around, uh, 
like 2005, and I did it for a couple years, study with a whole bunch of my friends from high school. Our next match coming up here is Hardcore Warriors going to be taking on the Annihilator, two other BWF newcomers here tonight in the second match. So was did the music come first, or was it the persona? Was the wrestling persona first? Uh, we did a, we just did wrestling just for, for fun before Hardcore Warrior. It was something that we picked oh, back okay. up years later. We yeah. just decided to do it for fun again. You know, after we all reunited and got older, we were like, oh, yeah, let's just do some racket wrestling. And unfortunately, I'm not in as good wrestling shape as I was years ago, you know. Sure. I, I can't see myself doing that again. <laughs> what was your entrance music? Uh, my entrance music was uh, Balanced by the band Rose is Dead. Well, everyone knows Hardcore Warrior. I just can't believe he's making the transition from rock and roll to the BWF wrestling. Hardcore Warrior is somewhat of a local legend here. Look at the energy, man. The, right, guy, yeah, he is, the guy is... He is pumped. He is jacked, dude. He is he ready is to rock here tonight at all. That kick. Oh, some moves already here tonight. Oh, I hope he kicks that guy the way he did that spin kick. That shit, that the Van Damme has nothing on that. Oh, really? Yeah, there's cool. actually an entrance video for it up on YouTube and everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I loved Roses Dead. They were one oh, of my they were one bands. of my favorite bands yeah. back in those days. Like, I always jammed their stages album yeah. and their uh, three-song AP. Yeah. I still have that copy of my at home. <laughs> Yeah, I want to get uh, I want to get one of those guys on the show. If you're listening, Rose is dead, and I know you are. Come on the show. <laughs> um, uh, um, what was what was your finisher as a as a wrestler? What was your like finishing move? Oh, uh, I always did the choke slam. I always loved doing the, the classic choke slam. Yep. Kane, yep. yep, Kane, yep. Kane was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up, and ironically, I'm not a big guy, so it always looked <laughs> kind of awkward and funny when I did it, but I, it was still fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which one's oh, Hardcore Warrior? Oh my god. What oh, is wait. Hardcore Warrior doing? What's oh, that? Told you. Was that a joke slam? What? And oh my god! A very sensual pin as well. <laughs> now, did you have any highlights or like in your wrestling career? Like, did you win any belts? Did you. I won the Intercontinental Championship in my backyard wrestling days. I was also a tag <laughs> champ. Yeah, so who was your tag team partner? Uh, I was actually my brother, uh, who was known no as the way. Annihilator. He's the not Annihilator. Yeah. <laughs> what so was yeah. what was his entrance music? Uh, Fist of Rage by Kid Rock. He loved he loves Kid Rock. <laughs> he loves Kid Rock. Eh? Yep. Right on. That's funny because his influences are like Disturbed Kid Rock, and my influences from myself. I'm a metalcore guy, so Bullet for My Valentine, As I Lay Dying, Kill Switch Engage, yeah. Unearth. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. And uh, what was his finishing move? His finishing move was the Fist of Rage, which is basically the full Nelson, where you walk, you know, it's pretty badass. (laughs) (laughs) You'll tap out. (laughs) (laughs) What's one of the coolest performances you've ever seen live? Because I know you go to a lot of shows. Oh, man. You know what? I see. Anytime I see the legendary Quopex play back in those days, they would put on some of the most craziest shows. Where at the end of the day, Josh goes through the table, yeah. or otherwise known as Sweet Pepper Quopex. Yep, 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 yep. And now, now he's doing uh, uh, the Monsters of Schlock. Have you seen this? Oh, Monsters of Schlock. Yep, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, and, you know, he does a really good job at it too. It's pretty wild. I think he was on uh, Canada's Got Talent or something. Oh hell yeah! yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he's doing quite a bit of cool stuff with that. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. you would say Clopex is. I mean, outside of the Ontario, like I'm even talking like even bigger bands. Like oh, bigger bands. Okay. Yeah. 
definitely Lamb of God comes to mind. When I saw him play at uh, Echo Beach in Toronto with uh, Corrosion Conformity and Clutch, that was such a cool show. Same with, uh, I've seen Nightwish play live at Massey Hall back in 2018, and they put on a phenomenal show. Um, yeah. Have you seen Slipknot? I've uh, seen Slipknot. Oh, yeah. Yep, they're good. I was yep. going to say, I figured you have. I, was, I, I assume that you've just seen every band. Uh, almost every band. <laughs> the only band I haven't seen is Anthrax. And you know what? I definitely want to see Anthrax because I saw they have their twenty or uh, 40th anniversary tour coming up. And I can't believe they've been a band for 40 years now. Yeah, and they're wow. still kicking ass. Have you seen a band that's no longer around anymore? Because like, maybe somebody's passed away or something? or like- Uh... Like, if you, you never got to see Pantera, did you? No, unfortunately, I did not get to see Pantera. No. Sadly, Dime was murdered when I was in high school, and I remember crying like a baby. Shit, yeah, yeah, yeah that did yeah. happen. Yeah. yeah, and like I said, and that's part of the reasons why I always say security is always important at shows, because you never know who's going to pull some shady shit, you know? That but, was kind of fucked up, eh? Yeah, that was. Yeah. It almost seemed a little too suspicious, too, because it's like, how the hell does that happen? That's what I kept running through my mind, like... What, um, I... I only know a little bit about that uh, scenario. Do you know where that happened? Uh, that actually happened at the uh, Arosa Villa up in Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, okay, back yeah. in 2004, literally 10 minutes into his band damage plan set. Guy comes out of nowhere and fires yeah. like four shots, hitting Daryl twice. Yep. And Did- I could only imagine the look on his brother's face when he saw that because, you know, I'm a family guy. If anything happened to my brother, God forbid, I just... I'd be broken. Didn't didn't the shooter ended up getting shot? Yep, he yeah. ended up getting shot by the police officer because yeah. he was going to kill more people if he didn't do that. And there was wow. no question in my mind he was going to kill more people if Jesus. he didn't have to do it. <laughs> wow, let's get on to a lighter topic. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Gonna... Rest in peace, Dimebag. Um, <laughs> what's one of your favorite meats? You are often posting on social media some of the stuff that you're cooking. And uh, what's one what of your ho- favorite homemade meals? What do you like to make at home? Honestly, I love making tacos because you can make tacos in many different ways. It's like turkey. Turkey meat, chicken, ground beef, sky's yeah. the limit. Yeah. Sometimes I'll mix it all up after I cook it off just to get all the meat? flavors. Yeah, man. <laughs> I like the nice meaty tacos. Yeah, you know? it, was, like, it was like the a farmer's wrap kind of thing. Yeah, pretty was, much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tacos, eh? I like good tacos. Is there a good uh, uh, taco place in the area that you go to if you're not at home? Uh, I wish they still existed, but the Lost and Found was my go-to place. Uh, oh, yeah, downtown. Yeah, I went downtown to Lost and Found all the time. Yeah. Yeah, they did all right. <laughs> that sounded like a good crack. <laughs> yeah, my ne- yeah, my neck. I got Slayer Neck Syndrome. You know, <laughs> years of head banging. Like, forget and all of a sudden, I'm like... The corpse some- grinder neck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <just> fucking- <laughs> some people have asked, if I ever thought about having a six-pack on my neck? And I'd say, that would be freaking sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Now, now, I'm sure most people who are, are familiar with uh, with Hardcore Warrior have yep. definitely seen the Fury Beyond yep. Hatred video. Fury Beyond Hatred video, which yep. is is one of the co- you gotta go see it if you haven't seen it. Uh, <laughs> what was your inspiration behind that? Who helped you film that? What? How long did it take you to film it? Let's hear all about it. Oh, you want to hear the full details? Oh, let's see what I can remember because I filmed that video back in 2009, and. My- that video came off the album I released about a year prior. Uh, Thunder Under Pressure. Th- yep, Thunder Under Pressure, which uh, sold about over a thousand copies independently. No which way! Is quite an accomplishment, and I'm not bullshitting you, man. Check That's those sick! Numbers. Yep. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, I did pretty good, and like I said, thanks to Blacktop Records for helping me release that album oh, and getting it in the stores. Yeah. So, you know, Ben Andrus, he's the man, so... 
I always hold I always hold a special place in my heart for that big fella. Yeah, yeah, he's a good solid dude. Oh yeah. Uh so yeah, yeah, yeah so uh <laughs> who shot it? Uh my friend Michael Tuvey from uh Michael. Yeah. Dude, I I just met Tuvi like in December because he yeah. he does lights for uh, for my son the hurricane and yep. he's kind of passing the torch to me because he he can't do it so much as much. That's cool. So he shot that. Yeah, video. he shot that video and it took us like a couple days because we had to shoot it at two different scenes. We shot the first scene up in Meriton yep. where I'm throwing stuff under that bridge <laughs> yeah. and the burning stuff, burning and blowing shit up and all that cool stuff. Then we did the second day in my backyard. Because we had a backyard wrestling ring still built back then. It was in winter time. It was pretty snowy and, cra- and crappy, which is funny because my friend throws a toilet right behind me in that video. <laughs> and the Did- toilet came from the came from my house at the time because we just finished replacing our <laughs> toilet and we had nowhere else to put it in our backyard. And it just wanted to hey, it, got used in a video, right? Exactly. Did- got- Did- did Mike just push record and you just did like whatever? Yeah, I literally just said spontaneous <laughs> stuff. I just said spur of the moment, you know, like yeah, and it turned out great. Oh yeah, it turned out <laughs> awesome. I definitely was proud of my video for sure. <laughs> now you have a really interesting upbringing. Yep, um, I definitely was. I was raised actually by nudists, and you heard it right, folks. I was raised by nudists, and I'm not ashamed of it because you know I love my mother and father and. They believe, you know, if you were born naked, you may as well die naked. And that's a pretty interesting philosophy, if you ask me. Yes. Yeah. You know. How how was that growing up? Is like uh, with... It was always awkward. I'm not going to lie. It was awkward as a kid growing up because, you know, you couldn't really exactly express yourself the way you wanted. To. You know, there was free expression and open mind in my house, but a lot of outsiders didn't understand it. They didn't right. get it. So it was awkward at first, but those who stuck around knew the deal and they understood my parents were or have nothing but great intentions. They always welcomed anyone into my house with open arms and treat them just like family. Right, right. Now, is there like, there like I know that there's uh, somewhere uh, somewhere near like there's like resorts and stuff that you yeah can go we have to. A, yeah there's actually a nudist club just in Fort Erie called the Lily Valley Nudist Club where my parents spent about uh, a good ten years of their lives living at the uh, nudist camp because they had a trailer up there at the time, but. Unfortunately, back in those days, they had to stop going. They stopped going there shortly because the uh, original owner passed away, oh. and my dad was taking care of him at the time. So, and this was around the same time I had broken up with my girlfriend at the time, and was forced to move back in with my parents. So, and I ended up taking care of them, and I have no regrets because I've always been a firm believer: no matter what your uh, struggles with your family are, you always have to put them first. Yeah. Yeah, the winters must have been rough in Fort Erie, though. Oh, yeah. Well, they would always just commute back and forth. Yeah, my, my dad says he's got some shrink dick. I always made fun of him for it. And I'm like, Dad, I just shrink dick. And now when he's commuting, is he naked? Uh, it's... <laughs> uh, no, he actually does put clothes on yeah, and goes yeah. out and about. Legal, as legal, much as he yeah. can, because yeah. unfortunately these days he's not it's in illegal. good health. Yeah, but, you know, oh, so. sure. Yeah, 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 that too. Yeah. Yeah, so he tries to, you know... We look after him as best we can, you yeah. know. Now, is it true you played a show as Hardcore Warrior naked? Yep, you heard it right. I rocked out with my cock out and hang out with my wang out. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about that. Where, uh, where did you play? Uh, what, what? I actually played at the uh, Nudist Club because we had this thing called Summerfest, and it was just basically outdoor activities and live performances, something my, my dad and I kind of planned together because I had the connections with bands that were willing to come out and play. I remember I invited uh, Our Lady of Bloodshed from Brantford out to that gig, and that was back in 2008. They played naked, too? Uh, no, I was the only one who had the balls to actually strip down right buck naked in the middle of my set. 
I was playing fully clothed for the first half of my set, and I'm like, you know what? Let's have some fun, because I'm going to do this club, and I ain't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been a great performance. Oh, it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? I think uh, I think that's my last question before we get into some anecdotes. So tell me some of the wildest stories. I mean, you already told me some crazy stories. That the some of the stories that you have from being in bands, playing shows, being a uh, you know uh, hardcore warrior. What what do you have? Honestly, the craziest show that comes to mind was when I did my very first uh, uh, Ontario tour. Right, my first date was in Montreal at Club Sapphire. Uh, I ended up taking the Greyhound bus to basically do that whole tour. I Greyhounded really? it. Yeah. Wow. How so, much did that cost? Uh, like, too much. I lost a lot of money in those days. <laughs> Damn. But hey, but you did I, it because you loved it. Exactly. Like, I had a backpack full of merchandise. I literally had no choice but to keep my guitar and my amp with me at all times. Hauling it from venue to venue. And I'd be sleeping on my friends' couches. Like, the only date I had to miss was... uh. 
the Burlington date with Ion Dissonance because I literally just ran out of money and I just could not make it up there. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I was... But still, I had a pretty successful tour. I met a lot of good people and I raged up with like bands like Endost, Fuck the Facts, and some of those high up and coming Ontario metal, Canadian metal bands that were blowing up in the scene at the time. What's the biggest band you think you've played with? Protest the Hero. Yeah, eh? That was one of my favorite shows of all time career because I watched Protest the Hero a lot growing up, uh, especially when they, they played with Alexis on Fire at uh, L3 with Cursed. That was a show that definitely got me psyched up for Protest the Hero and just they're an amazing band. I can't believe how well diverse they are for the fact that they're still going. They're still still going. It. Yeah, man. Um, now, you played a really cool show with A Textbook Tragedy. Yep, I definitely remember that. So, you want to tell that story? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was actually coming home from work. I no, I was planning on going to the Amir show just to check it out. So it was Amir, a textbook tragedy. tragedy. I think Life Runer, right? Yeah, yeah. Life Runer was on that tour too, and I remember your band. I boy, I very, very sure was on that bill too. I'm pretty sure they were. Yeah, okay, okay. I remember the show. Yeah, I I didn't know if it was that show because sometimes I have a hard time remembering. But uh, you, you've well, confirmed well, that for and me. Smoking weed for as long as we all have, <laughs> we tend to forget shit. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, no, actually, I, I was I wasn't always sure if that was the show that I've played, but you yeah. confirmed that for me. So yeah, yeah, so yeah, my old band played, and uh, yeah, and you but, weren't on the bill. I wasn't schedule. originally on the bill to begin with. Funny thing was, I get in from work. Not even 10 minutes after I get in the door, I get a phone call from Pat Murphy who said the tour manager from Amir would love nothing more than to see me play live tonight. So he offered me a last-minute gig, three songs, right in the middle of a textbook tragedy set where Nick from a textbook tragedy played drums for me even though he didn't know any of the songs. I just told him, make some fills, do what you gotta do, but let's make it rock. Yeah, that's awesome. That's one of the coolest things that's ever happened. I don't know. Like, I, I was I, some of the, that was some of my best moments. Like, honestly, I'd say my best years as Hardcore Warrior were definitely from 2005 to 2009. Because, you know, 2010 was when I had to end it because of personal reasons. But at the same time, you know, I prefer not to discuss that. Like, that's why fine. exactly that happened. That's but, fine. What's important was I took away, I took in all those memories, all those moments, and I pushed it to uh, show Synergy the Fall, my new project, Synergy the Fall, and I still got it after all these years. I can still write really good songs, and I'm a more polished musician, I find, today than I was all those years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, all that time, and, and you've been playing guitar for, you said, like, what, 15 years now? Yeah, like, about that, yeah. Wow, so what are some more stories you have from, uh, from playing in bands and whatnot? Uh, let's see. I definitely remember playing, uh, the 420 Blaze Fest up at the Victorian in Niagara Falls in 2007 with Bloodshot Eye. <laughs> and there, and it was the Victorian end of all places. Yeah. It was a really sketchy neighborhood. It was, but, uh, you know, it's fine. It happens. Um, there was this drunk chick there. She had her boyfriend jumping on the stage, unplugging my amp on me like three times. After the third time, I grabbed him by the shirt and, and dragged him out the door and told him to fuck off pretty much. Cause... <laughs> or you're going to get the fucking choke slam. Yeah, pretty much. I was going to fuck him <laughs> up. Like, just because, look, I understand if you don't like my music, that's fine. But don't be a disrespectful prick to don't, musicians don't be a prick. Just walk outside. Yeah, like, yeah. Just walk outside, smoke a joint. Yeah. And then, then come back inside and enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my performances sound better when you're stoned anyways there you go <laughs> there you go you heard it yeah. <laughs> but not. <clears throat> 
And another good show that comes to mind was uh, when I played with Dead and Divine in Sydney and shared their CD release party with the Thunder Under Pressure EP that came out in 2008 because all of our CDs were dropping at the same time. So Murphy's like, why don't we make this a stacked bill? And I believe it was Dead and Divine, Sydney, EA from Man and Ghost, and myself. (laughs) Holy shit. That was a stacked show. It's a big show. nuts. Plus, also the time when I opened up for the Cancer Bats, who are actually playing at the warehouse next month, and I'm definitely going to that. Oh, yeah, that's right. They, yeah, because they just put a new record out. Yeah, Psychic like Jailbreak, I think it's called. Yeah, right. it's a good, it's a great album. I've listened to it front to back. Yeah. Sounds just like every other Cancer Bats album, and it's, there's nothing wrong with that, because that band always had its signature sound. Right. Oh, well, and Scott's left now. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm curious to see who their new guitar player is. Cause it's uh, Stevis uh, from uh, The Chariot. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, they got the dude from the chariot. Yep. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, he also plays in uh, Fever Three Thirty Three. I don't know if you've heard that band. I've never heard of them, but it's uh, yeah. He he's in a couple bands right now. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he's playing for Cancer Bats now. Nice, nice. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. Um. So, when when uh, what's the strangest place you've ever played? Aside from the nudist yeah. club, <laughs> yeah, I guess the, I guess the nudist is uh, pretty strange enough. But there was this other place we were playing in uh. 2000, 2009, my other guitar player at the time, Ryan Hardcore, who was shortly in the band for a couple months after my uh, my video dropped. Yeah. Um, we, we were playing this gig up in Mississauga, and they uh, the promoter set us up at this weird country bar, and we were just getting so many strange, dirty looks that the, the uh, owner took it upon himself to pay us to not play because he said if we were to play we would get bottles thrown at us and i'm like well i don't see any chicken wire so i don't feel safe because i've had a bottle thrown at me before and really yep smashed me in the fucking head and i had to continue playing where was that uh at the end in welland uh in, in welland yeah that was another show that i definitely remember coming to mind uh i was opening up for uh sons of asriel from buffalo at the time really yep. wicked death metal band and there was this uh, heckler, you know, he's talking shit about hardcore bands and how they're all, you know, goofs and, you know, basically the whole flailing arm kicking. He was just a meathead. He was looking for a fight, I could tell. So, I remember I, t- I warned him. I'm like, dude, you gotta chill with that attitude, you know? And then he tells me to fuck off, so I just brushed it off before I went on stage. I remember after the first song, he kept saying, you suck, you f- And I'm like, you know, I, I just basically, enough for the homophobic, I just... Yeah, he just said some off-colored stuff, and I apologize, but I just said, you know what, it happened. So, long story short, he throws a bottle at me mid, right in the middle of my set, and uh, I remember I was bleeding a bit, but it, I just, I just kept wiping the blood off my head, kept playing, and and then uh, I, I guess a couple of people escorted him outside and took care of it. Well, so, there you go. Yeah, I was just like, okay, all right, whatever, as long as I don't have to get involved, because I'm only one dude, you know if. That's the thing about that's some of the dangers of being a one-person band because you always got to watch your back and because you, you know usually I'd have a friend watching over me if I need to bring somebody but sometimes if I have to travel by myself that's when I have to be a little more alert. Yeah, so I mean like I you've kind of been heckled a couple times there, right? Would uh, that would you say the bottle being thrown at you is probably the worst it's ever? Yeah, gotten? exactly. You know what? It happens. Like I didn't make a big deal out of it because at the end of the day I was there to put on a show because. That's a musician's job at the end of the day is put on a show, not deal with morons. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, that guy was a total jerk, and I knew his bad vibe. That's why I was like, okay, this might happen. 
Man. You probably look badass with all the blood on you, though. <laughs> I did. I wish right? somebody took a picture of that. Yeah. I was asking, like, why didn't anyone take a picture of it? Could have been an album cover. Could have been the next Andrew WK. Yep. Oh, <laughs> Andrew WK. There's one of my favorite, favorite musicians. Oh, yeah. You, you big Andrew WK guy. Yep. Right? Well, I guess he's a, you know, I guess he's a, guy. He's a wild guy. Like, he, well, now he that, reminds me, especially in his videos, like, yeah. he's ripping it up. He looks like he's having fun. And that's what being a musician's all about at the end of the day is having fun. Would you say what he's like, what, what one of your biggest inspirations? Uh, yep, definitely. Just because I remember growing up watching him on much music, he was just like, Ugh. he does the backyard wrestling thing too. Yeah, right, I, saw, right? I saw a couple of his videos on YouTube of him doing backyard wrestling. He's actually pretty good. I I'd s- love to wrestle with him sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him perform at Riot Fest a couple years back. Oh now. yeah, what was that? It was pretty funny. Uh, I mean, like it, it was enjoyable, certainly entertaining. But uh, it was in the middle of the summer, or it was near the end of the summer. It was certainly nice out, and I remember. Uh, during uh it was in between songs he was just like talking maybe even just giving a shout out to somebody but a bee kept attacking him and he kept being like oh a bee and he had to like run around on it was actually quite comical it was really funny he was to running watch away it. from a bee but trying to look cool yeah yeah like, exa- exactly it can happen to anyone like especially if you're allergic <laughs> like. when uh what's your go-to gas station snack oh, i'm a sucker for a burrito yeah you like yeah. your burritos right yeah, yeah. So, like, taquitos and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. Like, if I'm at 7-Eleven, I crush taquitos. Yeah. What's your favorite taquito? Uh, definitely the uh, jalapeno and uh, cheddar one. Man. Oh, yeah, with the cream cheese? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. Yep. So good. Yep. When, like, if so if you're on the road, you, it's your go-to gas station. Oh, hell yeah. So, if they don't have any burritos, though, what's your, like, quick, like, snack? Like, what do you... I usually will just grab a wrap or, like, a sandwich, or I'll just grab, like, a bag of chips from really desperate. You know, I'll just grab yeah. something. You're, you're looking to try and eat something with more sustenance than just chips, right? Yeah, exactly. Because I enough. try to eat healthy as much as I can, especially when I'm on the road. Do you have any pre-show rituals? Shotty Egger. Yeah. I'm good to go. Yeah. Yep. Shot a Jaeger and and, and a, do you drink on stage too? Uh, a co- you know, it's like one or a co- well, not too. It's much. not like an active thing, right? Not like you. an active. I know thing. there's some people that do drink on stage, or, or, or like or some, some people perform better when drunk, but I personally don't like to perform when I'm wasted no. because I find it really screws up my time. Yeah, I I don't prefer I don't like drinking uh, when I'm performing live. I certainly. Uh, you know, as hellbent uh, certainly indulges in weed. We've definitely smoked weed. Yeah. We've, there's been, if we can, we will smoke. Like, if we're allowed to, if, like, uh, it's not normally a venue. It's normally, like, house places or, like, uh, you know, like, uh, basement shows or whatever. If we can, though, we will smoke joints during our fucking set. And sometimes that can be tough because, I mean, you know, when you're screaming on the mic, you gotta, you need oxygen. You don't need fucking weed smoke, right? Exactly. So like, it can be t- tough. I was gonna say, if you got cotton mouth when you're on stage screaming, it's not gonna mouth. sound pretty. I mean, just the lack of oxygen. Like, there was one time uh, we played with Lilum and, uh, uh, or no, it was, uh, we played with Pretty Boy and Bad Waitress. It was uh, this, like, house show uh, for it was like a fundraiser for a dog. Someone needed a, some, to raise some funds for a dog, and it was just like a house show. It was pretty. It was it was nice and chill. Everybody was super chill. But we yep. like lit up. I think I lit up six or seven joints in our set. So like, <laughs> like during That's our awesome. song, I'm fucking, and then I'm passing it, and yep. then and then 
Uh, like I'm not, I don't even want it at this point. People are trying to pass it back to me. I'm going like, no, like oh, stop. You're trying to fucking perform. And man. I remember at like, one point I'm like, Ugh! like I'm, like, <laughs> I'm gagging because I can't fucking breathe. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not pretty. But you know what, Phil? I've seen you on stage. You're always giving it 110 percent every time. And so are you, buddy. Yep. You're always doing doing what you can. So shot a Jaeger and a beer, eh? Yep. Any particular beer, or is uh, just cheapest on the menu? Whatever you cheapest get. Cheapest on the menu. Like, I like Budweiser, or, you know. That, that's your favorite beer, yeah. Bud? Yep. Favorite beer is always a good Bud. There you go, king of beers, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also like drinking James Ready whenever I get it at home. Like, if I'm at home, I'm always drinking James Ready. James Ready. Now, yeah, we, dirt I haven't. Cheap beer, yeah. yeah. We haven't, I haven't drank it. Like, back in the day, a, a group, large group of our friends used to always drink JR. Oh, yeah. And it was the, it was the beer of choice. And, yeah, because uh, it went down easy and it got you a good buzz after a few, you know? Or at least we told ourselves that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, that it tastes off. Yeah, I've definitely gone back and had it. Like, I've taken a sip of a J- uh, JR since, and it's not good. But, hey, 5.5. Exactly. Like, all these new craft beers, I'm actually starting to become fond of them because some of them are actually pretty good. Like, oh, yeah, you my like- local craft brewery uh, in Niagara, definitely cold break yeah. on uh, St. Paul Street. Shout out to them, you know? I'm not a big fan of the local stuff. Or, like, not lo- not to say that. Sorry, not that I'm going to... say, that's pretty awkward. I'm not a big fan. It's not... No, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the... Uh, craft beer. Of craft and, beer and IPAs. Yeah. Um, obviously, like, I love to support local. Like, <laughs> wouldn't be doing anecdotes if that wasn't the case. But, like... Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. no. Um, but, yeah, I'm not a big fan of craft beers. But uh, we're, we're, yeah, we're, that's your favorite one, eh? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, they, they make it pretty good. And my friend who I worked with for many years at Capola's, he actually is a beer distributor there, so it's like just friends supporting friends, you know. And shout outs to Capola's, right? You worked there for a long time. Oh, well, yeah, I was there for six hard years, and because of the pandemic, definitely wasn't easy to walk away from that. And plus, I had some like struggles because I was a dishwasher for over 10 years, I just needed a change, so that brought me to food basics. Well, and like, I that kitchen nightlife, those that schedule is hard to. Schedule a band around. And, and exactly. Like, I was having a hard time, like, you know, even just getting out to shows. I wanted to see so many bands, but I couldn't because I was always working. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there was uh, like, uh, like in, in past projects before, we've had some people who have played, like, done the kitchen life and tried to do the band thing. And, like, it's not only is it hard to schedule practice, yeah, like you said, shows are almost impossible. Like, it, it can be tough. And you were doing it for so long. Yeah. And you know what? Even the fact that, like, I had a pretty understanding, uh, sh- understanding uh, employer at the time he was always trying to work around my schedule as best as he could but eventually you burn yourself out trying to make everything work yeah 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 you're spinning too many plates right <laughs> yeah and if you had say let's let's say hardcore warrior is at the level of metallica you have an unlimited budget or no 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 in this case we'll say uh, synergy because yeah. you're with your brother obviously yeah. <laughs> So, so both of you have been given a crazy budget. You guys get the budget of like Metallica. What is in the green room waiting for you? What is the rock star writer? What are you writing out to let the promoters know what you want in your green room? Well, let's see. There'll be a coffee stand for my brother because he really loves his coffee. Just a coffee stand? Yeah. And pl- like, not just any <laughs> coffee stand. It has to be the top of the line <laughs> coffee. You know, it's got to be great, flavorful. Plus, we have our fruit and snack spread. Some 
Obviously, some beers from my end, plus a couple bottles of Jaeger. <laughs> <laughs> when you said stand, I, 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 my brain, I, my brain thought stool. I don't know why I thought coffee stool. That's not a thing. Uh, coffee <laughs> stool, no, stool is what comes out of you after you had your coffee. <laughs> would you have any like, uh, like celebrities if you could hang out with you? Like, oh yeah, I definitely would love to have. Uh, David Draymond from Disturbed hang out with us because I know oh, yeah. he's a fellow pothead, so I have a feeling we'd share some funny stories and hang out. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he's he's probably got a handful of stories. Yeah. <laughs> Would there be any like video games or movies? Be oh playing? yeah, we'd be, we'd be playing friggin' Xbox all the time. No what's your favorite? What's your favorite? What's your? Honestly, I don't own an Xbox personally. Sadly, yeah. I've never been a big video game guy growing oh, up. Oh, okay. Yeah, but if I were to pick, I'd definitely do a Call of Duty kind of guy because I sure. like my first player shooters. You like FPSs. Yeah, and plus I also like role-playing games and things like that, so I look up stuff that contributes to that. Do you play D&D? Nope. <laughs> no, you've never played D&D? No, I never played D&D. Not, not your thing? No, not my thing. I don't know. I, 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 my brother plays D&D, and yeah, I know yeah, that you're friends I, with I, my I, brother. Yeah, I know Dan does, yep. I'm Shout out to Dan Paxton. <laughs> yeah, I actually went to high school with that guy. I went to Kernahan back in... Do you have any stories about Dan? Uh... Let's let's fucking air's dirty laundry out. Let's go. <laughs> Dan would all, Honestly, I have no crazy stories about Dan, but he would always be rocking out with us at the high school dances. We would always start mosh pits to every rock song, and the teachers would scramble in there to break us up because they think we're fighting, but no, we're just rocking out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like that me, sounds like my brother. Dan and, Dan and I would always raise hell at Kernahan together, and, <laughs> you know, he's still one of my oldest friends. Yep. Yeah. He's been, he's, uh... He's yeah. a solid dude, you know, he's got himself a steady girlfriend, nice lady. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so what else would you have in the the, the green room? We'd just like, uh, just, any food? Oh, fuck, I'd have all sorts of nachos, wings. Tacos? You know, a good spread, you know? You gotta have a good spread of food because <laughs> you gotta get yourself pumped before you go on stage and nothing gets more excited after you eat some good food. Yeah, for sure. I love that. I love that. Yeah, so man. you got kind of like a party going on in your green room. Yeah, pretty much. If you have to be a party because you have to have that mentality before you go on stage that this is going to be the best show of my life. That always has to be that mentality. Would your parents be hanging out with you in the Oh, band? hell yeah. yeah. They'd hang out with us. And Naked? Just, uh, no. Holy <laughs> 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 <Fully> clothes, please. <laughs> No, they don't really get naked that much anymore. They're just more of like if they're at home, like that's where they usually spend most of their time. So Fair enough. they're in their they're in, they're in their space. They just do what they want to do. And, yeah, you know, my mom spends a lot of her time watching all these like old classic movies, anything from Elvis to Shirley Temple. Yeah, you know, you name it, she'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I got one more question for you, my buddy. Oh yeah, what are your top five in no order? Favorite artist of all time? Anything that you've been digging for so long? You've kind of answered that uh, within the long way, but give us five. If you can't give us five, give us three. I'll give you the top five off the top of my head. All right. Bullet for my Valentine, mm -hmm. Pantera, Nightwish, Alestorm, and... <clears throat> I've never heard that last one. Alestorm? <clears throat> uh, no. <laughs> no, I'm just bugging you. <laughs> it's all good. No, it's, it's like, fuck, not this one comes to mind, because it's a toss-up between two two really, really high-level bands, like Slayer or Anthrax. And I'm like, honestly, sure. I'm more of an Anthrax fan than a Slayer fan, to be honest. Sure. Like, I love Slayer, but Anthrax has always been more of an influence to me anyway, so I'd have to pick Anthrax to be at that five spot. Cool. Right on. That's yeah, a man. solid five. Yeah, man. Now, do you have any more anecdotes before we leave or anything? Uh, I just want to say, make sure you get out and check out your local musicians. Support them all you can. Shoutouts to all my favorite musicians around around this area. You know, you're still doing your thing. Great. If not, all the more power to you.
Fuck yeah. Now, do you want to plug your social media accounts, all the handles for, for what you got going on? Okay, well, our Facebook is uh, sir, facebook.com slash Sergi the Fallen. We're on Bandcamp as well. We're on YouTube. Just check us out, look us up, and uh, give our songs a listen. Cool. Well, you're here, to, here. Right on. Well, thank you so much, Justin. Um, that's for sure. Uh, nowadays, it's a little harder. It's a little harder to get on that trend. Uh, it seems to be a lot like of the social media trend, right? I'm finding nowadays uh, uh, lots of music that's being played on TikTok is uh, becoming far more and more popular. But the sustenance, like the actual quality of the music, is drastically dropped, I feel like, in my opinion, my personal opinion. Yeah. Like, uh, most songs start off immediately with the hook. The, like, the, like the, the songs are two and a half minutes now, and, and it, what they want is that hook. Because the hook has got to have some sort of quirky lyrics that's going to be able to put a TikTok video to it. Like, somebody, people are keeping that in mind while they're making music. Now, I'm talking mainly pop music. We're not, like, we're like you now. As far I, as our type of music, we're more creative. We don't just stick to the same boring recipe and expect it to work. Yeah, that's, that's just the it. Thing. You gotta be honestly. I find the most important important part of being a musician is being open minded. Because let's face it, we all listen to different types of music. Why not incorporate that into your sound in some twisted way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I also like that. Being said, I like to keep an open mind about even just pop music in general. I do like. I do keep an uh, like an ear on it. Like I try to listen to it, but I don't try to like absorb it as much. But like I do like to hear where they're going with it because, I mean, uh, they're they're generating so much music uh, that they they're doing something right. So no, they're doing something right. The mm. fact that they're doing the hooks and like the two and a half minutes is like obviously something that helps towards them. Do I want to do that with my music? Absolutely not. Do I understand that that helps that their music get a little bit more popular? Absolutely. What am I gonna not? Exactly.